Well, hello, everybody. Solo cast. Just me sitting in the house by myself. Jacob's not here. Beth's not here. Here we go. Me just talking. Answering all your questions. What's up, everybody? How are you? Hey, welcome to Fairly Normal. The solo cast uh, edition. Um, it, I'm Josh, of course. And what's up? You know, uh, I decided to do this because um, I had a little uh, I had some miscommun- miscommunication with Paige Van Zant, who was going to be on the show. It was um, completely my fault. But um, I decided, you know, I had some other people that we could add a podcast with, and I decided I would try to do one by myself. Where I answered some of your questions, I shoot the shit a little bit, and um, and yeah, and just try that. I I want to thank first of all, before I go any further, everybody in Boston who came out to the uh, shows, sold out shows. We added a five thirty show on a Saturday. Boom! There was a baby at that show. A baby. A f- there was a fucking baby. At the 5.30 show. That was not a fart. That was me moving my chair. 5.30 show. Baby. Named Declan. Amazing. He was really good, too. He just chilled the entire show. Made one or two noises. But I, I had no idea that I kill uh, with toddlers. So that's always good to know. I, I can go back to my entertaining at children's parties days. I've told you guys that story, right? Good Lord, I... I don't have Aaron here to bounce anything off of him. My memory is... No, I'm not Mary Lou Henner. I don't have that memory. But if I, I've told you guys that I used to entertain at children's parties, right? I, <laughs> I, it was when I had a moped. And that was my only means of transportation. And um, I had to drive to the children's parties on... You know, wearing whatever costume that I was supposed to wear that day. I remember once that I, I was wearing a Peter Pan costume and my my moped, the muffler was broken. So it made a it, like it sounded like a Harley. It made a sound. So I would come cruising down the street and people would hear a Harley and they'd turn to look and they'd see me on a moped dressed as Peter Pan. It was fucking horrible. There was one time a cop pulled up i was wearing a teenage mutant ninja turtle outfit minus the helmet the helmet was strapped onto the back and the reason you had to wear the costume by the way on the moped is because obviously the the people wanted you to show up in costume they didn't want the kids to see you out of costume and then get into costume so i <laughs> oh my god i was wearing the costume and i pulled up to the light the cop pulls up next to me and he said um hey and I said, yeah. He goes, pretty sure that's not safe. And I go, which part? He was like, well, you know, the costume's pretty bulky and you're not wearing a helmet. And I go, yeah. And he goes, I would write you a ticket, but it looks like things are going bad enough for you. And he and his partner laughed and they drove away. I mean, <laughs> it was so good. It was just like the time I was riding a moped and I was out on a date with this girl. And look, I asked her out on a date, not telling her that I had a moped, right? And, um, I, uh, so we're dry. I, whew, I was in LA, so this was a while ago. So I'm driving my moped 
and I pick up this girl and um, to go on a date. She was stunned when I showed up in a moped. I figured if I told her I had a moped, it might have been a deal breaker. So, and I, I knew her not well, but I thought well enough that if I showed up on the moped, she wouldn't just say, fuck you, and walk back in her house. She was kind of like, oh. So I had this very fun date planned. You know, one of those fun, innovative dates when you have no money. So, you know, you try to think of weird shit instead of just things that would be nice for a woman to go out and do with you. So I think we did something. I, I was young, too, guys. Young, young, young. So maybe I did like a, maybe we did a, I don't know. It wasn't like a scavenger hunt. But I forget. We ended up in a park eating Chinese food. Whatever. I had finally wore her down. That's my point. My point is she had been worn down, and she was finally like, this night doesn't suck totally. I actually don't mind the moped. And we are on Sunset Boulevard, and I'm bringing her back to her house. And I, we're probably at the light at Sunset and Vine. And a guy pulls up next to us, and he rolls down the window in this tinted windows, black Mercedes. Beep, rolls down the window. Doesn't even make eye contact with me. Looks straight at her. And he goes, damn, baby, you on the back of a moped. Rolls up the window and drives away. And uh, that basically blew my chance of seeing any vagina that night. What an asshole. Good, I wish I'd see him again. He wouldn't remember me because he never made eye contact with me. It was like he was ashamed that I was a man on a moped. Anyways, uh, two nice stories that I have no idea if I've told you before right off the bat. I, um, I put a little something out on Facebook yesterday and Twitter and... I forgot to do it on Instagram to just to send in any and all questions and I would answer them. So I am going to get to that. Um, I am doing this kind of late. I had that presidential, the caucus, by the way, I know I'm a child, but the word caucus always makes me laugh a little bit. Um, but the caucus, the Iowa caucus last night, uh, you know, I'm doing this early in the morning, by the way, because I wanted to see the results. Oh, whoa, right? Whoa, whoa, first of all, whoa, I will say this, like, I, one thing I really strongly believe that we, forget policies, that's just right off the bat, you can narrow it down, for me, the presidential field, by this, is that person presidential, is that person presidential, that's the that's a huge problem I have with Trump and Bernie Sanders is that to me, neither one of them are presidential. Neither one of them have the gravitas for me to lead a nation They They just seem like I mean, Bernie's got whatever ideas. And listen, they're crazy, by the way, in the right. His heart's in the right place. But the things that he's proposing are just not doable. So I'd like to know exactly what he really thinks he can do, but they're not doable. And so the two of them, Trump and Sanders to me are just not presidential. Like even as, as dumb as I thought he was, at least Bush had his moments where he appeared to be presidential. The way he handled himself during nine 11 was presidential. I just don't see those other two men doing that. Like that narrows it down. But I, I the fact that Cruz won that dude, I mean, this is maybe the single most unlikable person I've ever seen on the television. Oh, my God. <laughs> he looks like the real-life version of the eagle, the Muppet. You know, the eagle and the Muppets? Yeah. Anyways, I don't know who I'm going to vote for, to tell you the truth. I really don't. I, I'm so deeply entrenched in the middle of politics, middle being I'm... I'm bored for a bunch of stuff both sides say. I just don't know. I don't know. Anyways, definitely don't want to turn this into a political show. Um, I uh, I got some really exciting things coming up. Let me just say this also, and everybody should remember this. You know, Valentine's Day is coming up, and Beth is going to be my guest next week on the show, and she's basically going up basically. She is going to, you know, we're going to answer questions. People have asked us a lot of times, uh, you know, basically 
how we do it and what what our secrets are. And I don't think there are any secrets, by the way. I don't really believe that. But people have asked me a lot. And um, so she's going to be on and we're going to uh, we're going to talk about it. Now, she's coming up with me to San Francisco next week also because I'm going to be at Cobbs for Valentine's Day weekend. It's going to be a good, good time. I love Cobbs, and I love that club and having her there on Valentine's. And I'm going to bring her on stage. She doesn't know. I'm going to bring her on stage and sing a song. It's a funny song, guys. Don't worry. I'm, uh, to sing a song um, to her that she's never heard before. Some of you have seen me probably have. Probably, I'm assuming I've heard it, but she's never heard it. So, um, listen, here's the deal. What, 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 what do I need to do to buy her something for Valentine's Day? They'll surprise her. That's the question, right? What do I need to do? Uh, because it's been years. Like, how do you, how do you surprise someone? You've tried to surprise every year for the last, I don't even know how many years. Um, how do you make that Valentine's Day special, right? I mean, that's basically what you have to decide. That's basically what you have to figure out. And here's what I think that the best way to go. I, um, I'm going to go to berries.com, everybody. Here's the deal with berries.com is that you really can, you can surprise her anywhere with anything tasty and sweet. And I'm definitely going to do that. I, I love, I'm going to have them delivered to our hotel room. She's not going to be expecting that. Berries.com, they can deliver it to wherever you want to deliver it. Now, here's my suggestion. I know Valentine's Day is on a Sunday, right? Well, Sunday there she's gonna be expecting things. Friday she's not gonna just give her a little a precursor, right? Thursday at work she's not expecting it. Thursday to get delivered. Thursday a little something to wet her whistle. How nice would that be to have a delivery from Berries dot com and have dropped in her lap wherever she is? You know what else is good, guys? And listen, I mean, who am I, right? But. When deliveries come to the house, they can be predictable. But if you are out somewhere and you get berries or s- delivered from berries.com to her, wherever you are, what if you're out at a lunch and you get s- some delivery? I mean, how great is that? So what I'm saying is berries.com, go there, pick out something for her. And then get it delivered to a place she would never expect it. A little precursor, guys, before the actual Valentine's Day. And I'm telling you right now, look, I'm not saying you should you should buy or you should get her something because you think it'll end up well for you later that night. But it's not something we don't think about. It's not. It's definitely. Listen, I know every guy or anybody who's got a significant other when you buy them something for Valentine's Day. Part of you is thinking, is this going to end up well for me later tonight? And you know what? I'm telling you right now, this will end up very well for you. Go to berries.com, get that someone special, something special, and deliver it anywhere. All right. There you go. There you go, everybody. Hey, you know what that means? That little thing that I just gave you? That means good things are happening for this podcast. You heard me. You heard You heard, you heard. Um, My dog is staring at me because he wants to go outside so desperately. Uh, You know what else? And this is not, by the way, this is not for pay. You know, everybody knows me knows that I, uh, I like to drink a certain something. It's been changing, guys. We'll get into it. Come see me on the road. We're doing some crazy shots that are a lot of fun. All right, let's get to some of your questions, and then I'll. I'll pop up in and out with some other stuff. But some of these questions were amazing that I got on Facebook. Um, and one of them, uh, okay, from Andrea. Okay, did you ever have a really low point in your life where you struggled, uh, not financially, financially, but with life itself, and what helped you get through and past it? Loved your book. 
Thank you. Um, yeah, all the time. Not all the time, like every day, but, you know, a lot of times the financial stuff is what leads to your other struggle. You know, money is a bitch, right? But I would tell you the low, low point is when, you know, my ex and I split up. And it wasn't even a low point, Andrea, because cause she and I had split up. It was a low point because I had no idea what I was going to do. You know, I, I remember when she and I finally split up and, uh, you know, you have three kids and you're living off of not $1,200 a month, maybe. And, um, I know it's not financial, but you start to think, what am I going to do with myself and these kids? And, you know, there were times where I sat in the kitchen drinking after they had gone to sleep because when they're awake, you have to pretend like everything's okay. So I would sit in the kitchen and drink. And I have to tell you, a lot of it was mourning the very real possibility that I would not be able to continue my dream. I don't know that I ever truly felt, and part of this is because I have parents that I knew would never let me end up in the gutter. They would let me struggle and and put one foot into the gutter, but at the end of the day, they would never let me. So the confidence that that was never going to happen to me was strong. But, you know, I also knew that, okay, I think I've talked about this before, but it was a, I had to decide if I was going to keep pursuing my dream. And that was really difficult for me. I was a young dude and I didn't want to give up and I knew what I wanted to do and I had confidence that I could do it. Like I was just stuck with this giant hurdle of how am I going to do it, pursue my dreams, but still have enough money to raise kids. Not raise them, fucking live, forget a raise, live, have a car, be able to get them places, put food on the table, make sure there were lights were on. How about shoes? Shit like that. So, uh, the thought process was very clear, which was basically, I, I want to provide them with a good life, but this is also my life and I also only have one of them. And, you know, we had been poor forever. So, and it's easier, I think with kids when they're young and you're poor, because the kids don't really grasp that you're poor. Does that make sense? So as long as you're still doing things that are fun, it doesn't matter, right? So me and the kids and I, we spent more time out at the park um, and doing fun things outside, hide and seek, all the stuff, where even kids who were wealthier enjoyed coming over to our apartment because we went out. We did fun things. We never sat inside. So they... They didn't feel poor. They didn't think they were poor. And that's when I started to realize, okay, they're fine. I love them. They know I love them. We play a lot of fun games, even in the apartment with no money. We did a lot of fun stuff. You know one thing? We used to play hide-and-seek with a <laughs> flashlight, and um, which is fun. You turn off all the lights, and one of the person who's it has a flashlight. But we did it twice, and they, somebody called the cops twice because they thought there was a burglar. <laughs> uh, anyways. Um, so I was like, okay, my dream is also important for this life and for them, because I also wanted them to know that sometimes things are hard and that doesn't mean you have to give up. So it was kind of a decision that I made and, and, um, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. There were people in my life who basically thought I was doing the wrong thing. They thought I was selfish. They thought I was only thinking about myself and maybe I was. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I know that I thought that if I kept going, it would be a good lesson for them. And I don't know, honestly, looking back and seeing where I am now, and the kids are all older. I don't know if it was. I really don't. I don't know if they learned anything from that. I don't. They may have been too young to even realize how much we struggled and. And all that stuff. So I don't, I don't know. I know it turned out well for me um, because I did get to keep doing what I wanted to do. But I, I will see. We'll see how it, what kind of effect it had on them. Um, 
but it's interesting, man. You know, that whole time in my life is interesting. Uh, and, you know, I talk about a lot of the serious stuff in my book. Um, and I kind of code it with funny. Um, but it, I go back to that place in my brain a lot. I really do. And there was, honestly, 90% of it, I hated it. I miss, I'll tell you what I miss. I miss how close I was with my kids all the time. I do miss that. I miss, I miss it just being, we were such a tight little group. I miss that. And I'm, I, I don't know how to put this. I miss the inventiveness. I miss the necessity and this, the, the, I miss, you know, having to wake up every morning and just trying to figure out the day. I know that sounds weird, but I miss that kind of, I don't know. Excitement's not the right word. Challenge. I don't know, but I'm, I do miss that. You know, we, 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 it was tough, but some of my favorite memories when I look back are some of the toughest points for a lot of reasons. One, because just, we figured out how to get through it. And two, um, you know, look, I've never laughed harder than I did at my grandfather's funeral. You know, and sometimes really funny things come out of really tough moments. And so I, I do miss all of that a little bit. All right. Uh, Fernando wants to know if I've ever heard back from Chunky Nana. You were listening to some episodes of my previous podcast with Sarah. Those stories are hilarious. Chunky Nana, I think I fired. Chunky Nana was a masseuse. I, I ended up at a massage parlor and they they assigned me to this woman who was an older lady who was a little heavy. Oh, and she a talker like a dissy, and she breathed really heavy when she had given me a massage, and then she gets tired about the 20 or 30 minutes in there, and she tell me when she rub on my back, and she say, oh, I have to rest, I am super tired, and then she would tell me that she was, she was uh, so happy that I came to her for massage because nobody else ever did and then I just felt guilty and kept going back to her it was the worst massage it actually made me uncomfortable like sometimes she would breathe so heavy and I would like tell her you need to just rest for a second and so she would rest and I would talk to her ask her if she was okay there's one time where I rubbed her hands she said her hands were sore from rubbing me so I gave her a massage on her hands but I I went back once she wasn't there and then uh I was scared they obviously knew that they could assign the worst of the worst to me so when she wasn't there they were like do you want another girl i got nope and i walked out never went back so i hope chunky nana retired in spectacular fashion all right another question from patty have you ever done a show that you really did not want to because you were sick tired missing home badly um no i never skipped Oh, have I done a show? Yeah. Oh, I did shows. Uh, yeah, there are ton, ton, tons of times I do shows where I don't want to do it. I miss home every weekend. Um, so that, that happens every weekend. But once I get on stage, I'm fine. Once I get on stage, I remember how much I like being on stage. But yeah, it happens all the time. Look, I was sick a few weeks ago in Buffalo. I had the flu. Um, so I definitely didn't want, want to be there, but you know, you just got to go do it. It's your job. And at the end of the day, also, if it was a job where I was just like, when I used to work at Chelsea, there were a lot of other people there. You could miss a day. People don't want you walking into work and getting the people, getting them sick. I love that when, you know, people are like, they come into work and they look like shit and you're like, what are you doing here? I wanted to power through. Fuck you and your power through. That's selfish shit. You're getting the rest of us sick. Go home. Go fucking home. Power through at your house. Don't power through here. You want to power through? Take a walk around your neighborhood. Don't power through here. You, oh. When you hear a sneeze at the office, you just want to kill that person. You hear a sneeze on a plane. If there was an eject button underneath people's seats, when someone started to cough, if you sneeze more than three times on a plane, everyone would be pressing your eject button. They they look at you like you murdered 50 people when you sneeze on a plane. Fucking, they hate you. Oh, my God. Oh, I flew back from uh, Boston. 
sitting next to me, not a joke. So we're out in the in the in the terminal, and my brother is with me, and I see this family, and they are unorganized. That's the best way I can put it to you. Unorganized. Mom, daughter, son. Son is probably seventeen. Two small dogs and a baby. So I look at him and I said to my brother, oh, those people are going to sit next to you. And he went, what? I go, yep, they're going to be right in 8B. And I go, and he said, you're 8A, I'm 9A. And I go, oh, 9B. He goes, no, you already said it. it's going to be an 8B. And I go, no, 9B. Sure enough, who sits in 8B? The 17-year-old with the two puppies. Two, like, not puppies, like a chihuahua and a, like a, something that looked like gizmo. Yeah, gremlin. So... Fucking the and then the mother and the daughter kept handing him the baby. So this poor seventeen-year-old kid, two puppies that are whining, that are pissing in their carrier, so it smells like shit and piss, and this little baby. And then there's me, like I put that on myself. I I swear, and I travel a lot. I have the fucking worst luck with the middle seat. And here's what I don't understand: it always seems to me, and am I wrong? That the biggest guys end up with the middle seat. Is there something with big guys that they decide to book flights late? They plan. They don't plan well, big dudes, because this is the biggest motherfuckers in that middle seat. Oh my god, it's it's the worst. But those dogs, guy, yeah, the kid was like, "Sorry about the dogs," and I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "You want to hold one?" I was like, "No, I don't want to hold a fucking piss-filled dog." And he, oh, the poor kid. But he had to feed them and, and get them water. And they when they would come out, they would shake, you know, like dog shake. But they would shake and they had their b- urine feces. They were in that urine feces crate. Oh, my God. It was the grossest thing in the world. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So when you go in your office, uh, there's a lot of people who can cover for you. And when, when you're on stage, I feel bad. I, for me to cancel, something really bad has to happen. Really bad. So because people have paid to come see me. They've already spent money on a ticket, right? And so I I, I couldn't do that. So that yes, it happens, but no, I don't I don't uh I don't skip them. How do we re- refocus to get on that stage and give it all you got if you don't want to cry and go home? Oh Patty, it's just when you're on stage, it's your job. It's like any other job. Some days you don't want to go to your job and some days you do and some days you love your job and some days you don't. Some days are better and some days are worse and you still have to do your job. That's it. It's my job. I mean, I know comedy like seems like a fun job to have and it is, but it's still at the end of the day. It's your job and your job is to be on stage and entertain the people that are there and to, and to perform for the people that are paying you, you know? Um, all right. Funniest memory of something your kids did. You know, okay. That's, this coffee is cold as fuck. Um, people have asked me that before. And for me, oh, this is the best thing about being at home. I can just go get some more coffee. Um, they, my kids and I, like I said, we did a lot of inventive shit. And um, so one of the things that was fun for me is that, you know, they used to, uh, <laughs> I used to, we decided that our favorite game was when I would put them in the trunk of my car and drive around an empty, um, that's not me pissing. That's me filling up some water for the coffee. Um, put them in the trunk of the car and then drive around an empty parking lot. So, and you could hear them in the back, like, um, that I loved. And so one time we were, uh, walking into a grocery store and pardon me for this noise that's my coffee machine we were in um a parking lot of a grocery store and um we're walking back out to the car and there was a police officer who was walking in and right when we get to the trunk i opened it and my daughter tried to climb in and i and the cop was right there and i was like no and she goes daddy can't can't we ride in the uh What'd she say exactly? Oh, please, Daddy, can't we ride in the trunk? Won't you put us in the trunk one more time? Put us in the trunk one more time. Um, which was not great, I don't think, for the police officer. I don't think he loved that. Um, but it was super funny. Uh, what else? 
We got child protective services called on us by a neighbor who was mad. That's in the book, though. Oh, that was crazy. This dude was mad because he threw rocks at my dog. And I I had a St. Bernard at the time. And I threatened him, basically, with his life. And uh, the next day, we had child protective services over at my house. It's a great story. The child protective services guy ended up being a swinger. (laughs) And he wanted me and my ex to go to his house and swing with his Vietnamese young wife who used to be his nanny. His kids, Child Protective Services guy, his kids don't talk to him anymore because he left his wife for this young Vietnamese girl who doesn't speak English. Oh, it's a great story. It's in the book. The book's called It Takes Balls, Dating Single Moms and Other Confessions from Unprepared Single Dad. Check it out. It's a good one. It's fun. Um, But yeah. That would be good. Uh, you can't remember if I have trouble with short-term or long-term memory. It's both. I'm starting to get a little... I'm not going to lie to you. Like, these last two weeks, I have been... I'm, ma- I'm making a little appointment with the brain, people. My memory is, like, not great. So, uh, there you go. Daniel, when am I coming back to Orlando? Whenever they book me, man. You were deployed to Kuwait. Thank you for your service. When I came through... Yeah. I, whenever they book me. Um... Kylie wants to know what happened to the Wild Wolf Band. The Wild Wolf Band, you know, Jiffy, who was the wild part of the Wild Wolf Band, he is writing on Chelsea's new show. So um, he couldn't hit the road anymore. Good for him, man. Um, you know, just everybody knows, people have asked me uh, if, you know, why is why aren't I writing on the show or why everybody... Guys... Chelsea Handler provided me, and I can only speak for me, and I'm not going to speak for everybody else, with the opportunity of a lifetime. She, I had been working for years. I know people don't understand that. Working for years before her show. You know, for supporting myself and good jobs, writing on TV shows and stuff like that. Um, so I had a career, but she, she gave me the opportunity to be seen. And um, it was a great 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 seven years and I'm forever indebted to her for sticking with me and for consistently putting me in people's faces um and at the same time it was time for that show to end and not only was it time for that show to end in order to be the king you can't well look if I want to be the king I can't work for the queen all the time do you know what I mean like I I, the reason I quit that show was because I wanted what she had. And you can't get what she had if you're working for her. I can't have my own show if I'm writing on somebody else's. So at some point in time, you have to go, I'm going to bet on myself. And um, that's what I'm doing and that's what I did. And that's why I love Chels. And um, it would. it's just for me, I can't go back and work for somebody else right now. I need to find my own way. Um, so that's that. Um, yeah, I never did reveal the Google search on Ross and Josh and Ross. Uh, okay, everybody, I'm going to finally reveal the Google search. For those of you who don't know, I used to do a show with Ross Matthews, Matt, Ross Matthews called Josh and Ross, and it was He Said, He Said, and we had a good time. I Googled something on one of our very first shows that I had Googled at work, and it's... Well, it was the worst thing I've ever Googled. And guys, I like... If anyone... Knows I like weird shit a lot. I like weird shit. I look at it one time and it doesn't haunt me. I've seen some crazy, crazy stuff that people send to me all the time. I think one of my friends lives on the dark net for fuck's sake. But this was too much. Okay. If you guys want to know what it was, okay. It was something I Googled that I showed Ross. I wasn't going to tell anybody because it was so upsetting and I didn't <laughs> want people to judge me. But I had Googled at work one time. It, I Googled retard porn. And I will tell you, don't do it. Now, when I went back, the video that I saw had been taken down, thank the Lord. But the noises that came out of retard porn were so disturbing. It was really, it's really difficult for me to ever get that out of my brain. So there you go. For those of you who've been bothering me and pestering me for the last few years about what it is, it was retard porn, and I apologize. If you Google it and you see the video I saw, I apologize. 
How in the world, Adrian wants to know, how in the world did you raise three kids alone and not lose your mind? Oh, I lost my fucking mind every day. Every day I lost my mind. I will tell you this. I was not smoking weed at that time. I was drinking a little heavier than I should, uh, which led to some funny mishaps with the kids' school lunches. Um, but you, here, you know, people ask me that all the time. Um, how did you do it? Or, and it doesn't bother me. You know, some people, uh, when I get up, when I mention it on stage and, I, and people clap, I appreciate it, but I also feel like I don't deserve a round of applause because I was the dad. You know, that's what you do. You take care of your kids. You know what I mean? Nobody ever gave my mom and dad a round of applause for taking care of us because that's what you do. So whether it's one one parent or two, you're supposed to do your job. Your job is that you love your kids. And um, so it was difficult every day, and I lost my fucking mind every day. And people who have one kid and two parents lose their mind every day. It's It's not an easy job. Um, but you do it because you love them and that's what you're supposed to do. So, um, yeah, it, it, there is no answer to like, and look, guys, just because we got through it doesn't mean I was this perfect parent. I just got I, every day I went to sleep and I woke up like, how am I going to do today? And that's as far as I went today. How am I going to do today? And it was, you know, you just do it. You just do it. Um, all right. Um, could you have that vest when I'm done with it? That was from the Josh Wolf show, the vest from the picture on Facebook. Sorry. Okay. Andy, I can't answer that question about the Amazon box behind me in the picture because people aren't listening. Um, they're listening. They're not looking at my Facebook and I don't know because that was from the Josh Wolf show. Um, Alexandra wants to know, will you be writing any more songs like the one that will be in that movie? You know, we wrote a couple, I did write a couple more and I rec- I recorded them in my buddy's studio and here's what I'm thinking about doing. I'm thinking about, right now I have four comedy songs that I like. When I get to six or seven, I think I'm going to put them on a little CD, and then I'm going to put the serious songs as bonus tracks at the bottom of it. What do you think about that, guys? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Listen, I've said this about the guitar before. One of the reasons, and I've always liked it, but one of the reasons I never played guitar is because I was nervous what other comics would think about me because there's a stigma. You know, I brought it down to the guitar, down to the um, comedy store a couple of weeks ago and guys who I hadn't seen in a little bit, you know, they're like, what are you doing? You're fucking playing guitar. You're playing it. And there's like a negative stigma and it made me not bring it down there. Um, because I'm not, you know, you're not, I'd like to say, fuck everybody else. I don't care what, but when your peers dig in at you a little bit, you know, you want to be respected. You want to be in a certain group held in a certain esteem and um, I just got to get rid of that because I didn't play for a long time because I was worried what my peers would think. And now I'm having such a good time doing it. So I'm thinking about going to release, release that CD. We'll see what happens. Um, but yes, I have written more songs. What got you through your hardest moments where you wanted to give up or lost faith? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I can only, I don't know if there was one thing, you know, for a lot of it was my kids not wanting them to see me, you know, turn into a fucking shriveling ball. But I think it was also just the realization that I could quit, but if I quit, I still have to wake up tomorrow and be in this skin and be in these shoes and live with having quit. And then how, difficult will the rest of those days be those days be that's the thing like yes you can quit and i tell people this all the time it's a lesson that i really want my kids to know which is look one of the reasons if you commit to something you don't like it that you should never quit is because you're teaching yourself your subconscious that you're a quitter you lose every time you quit something you lose a little bit of confidence in yourself that you can do the next thing and you just end up bowing out. So my thing was, I could quit, but I still have to get up and, and live in this skin tomorrow. And it's going to be even harder tomorrow if I quit. Because at least at the end of the day, if I don't quit, I know when I get through it. Because eventually you get through everything. I'll look back and go, whoo, I can fucking do anything. 
And so that's what that is. That's, I think, what got me through. Um, where Deborah wants to know where I get my funny from. I have no idea. My grandfather on my dad's side. So my dad's dad and dad's mom. Super funny. You know, my, my dad has a dry sense of humor. Um, I think growing up with three older brothers helped. I got to tell you also, I think growing up on the East Coast, it's a different style of humor. But I, I, I know I'm biased, but I do think there's a different type of humor from the East Coast. Um, and I definitely grabbed that, which I'm happy. I need to pick one fan for each. Richard says I should pick one fan for each podcast for a fan segment. Okay. I think you need to be more specific. What kind of fan segment? I'm not against doing that. If somebody wants to call in, I could interview a fan every week. I don't know how inter- interesting interesting that would be. But um, if you have a deeper, that's a little too vague for me, buddy. Last one on, I'm going to answer from Facebook is, Lorna wants to know my nastiest celeb I've ever met. Let me tell you. That's not the kind of shit I talk about. I'm not somebody who dishes dirt on other people. Not my thing. Um, look, if you read my book, I don't badmouth my ex at all. Not my business to badmouth other people. Not my business to put other people's dirty laundry out there. I'm happy to embarrass myself. I'm also happy to embarrass my kids up to a certain point. Um, and only because like, look, you know, my son will say, do you have to tell that joke about me? You're going to hate that joke. I hate that joke. And I always say, you like those new shoes? Yeah. Well, this, that joke bought those shoes. So go ahead. That's how we're going to do that. I can stop telling the joke, but then you don't get any more new shit. Um, so I do not. I never I never have. Um, and in general, everybody, celebrities are like, a, they are you. They're people. They just have a different skill set. That's all. So some of them are assholes and some of them aren't. And some of them are exactly what you think they're like. And some of them are the exact opposite. And that's just it. For me, it's disappointing to find the people that seem super nice and then are just complete douche nozzles. That's the disappointing. It just makes no sense to me. But, wait, there's somebody at the door? At 7.30 in the morning? Hold on one second. This is crazy. Somebody at my... What's up, man? Yeah. Okay. No. Thanks. No, all good. Thanks, man. All right, bye. How about that? That was weird. This dude came to the door at 8.20 in the morning. He's clearing out. We have black widows and shit in our house, around the outside of our house. So he's just clearing them out. Did you hear my dog go crazy and bark when he, oh, no, you didn't? Yeah, because he's a giant pussy, and he hid when the fucking guy knocked on the doorbell. You know what's crazy? Here's what my memory is. Zero idea what we were talking about. Now, that was how many seconds ago? 10 seconds ago, it distracted me for 10 seconds. I sat back down. No idea what we were talking about. So there you go. To answer your question, yeah, I have short-term memory problems. Let's go. Okay. I know that, uh, yes, episodes of Boomer and the Old Man will be up very soon. Um, He's been working, man. He's working this job, and it's really got him. He's doing like 12 hours a day, and I'm happy for him. So, um, yeah, so we're... I don't want to stress them out, and I'm away on the weekend, so we're we're picking some nights this week to knock a couple out. Um, thank you guys, by the way, for all of the nice uh, response to Mary Lou Henner. She's amazing, absolutely amazing, um, and I'm glad. A lot of people latched on to the fact that they don't want their kids to grow up to be pussies either, and she's, you know, you gotta, you gotta, it's okay to be friendly, but not to be straight friend with your kid. They're gonna grow up to be assholes, everybody. Somebody asked me boxer briefs, thong, or commando. I, I, I don't know. Depends on the day. Uh, you know what I mean? This is an interesting question. Isn't the size of a woman's areola like the size of a man's penis in that you don't know until you see it? Listen, dude. I guess, but that's the same with anything. It's hidden until you, if it's covered up, you don't know. you don't know what the size of my kneecap is. So I don't fucking, yes, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I've never had anyone compare an areola to a penis before. 
Uh, do my kids ever see their birth mom? Um, not as much as they should. Um, did I watch Grease live? Uh, I did. And here's what I couldn't get past. First of all, why do they have to cast? You can't, we can't find some 20 year olds who can sing and dance. I know maybe we can't be, it can't be a high school musical situation. I mean, you know, Zac Efron's aren't just falling off of trees. You know what I mean? That handsome motherfucker. But we can't find people. Dude, the dude who was playing Danny Zuko looked like he was 40 fucking years old. He looked like he was Sandy's like perverted uncle. Like what? They all, it was crazy. The cast of 90210 was like, dude, those they look old. I mean, they were the oldest high school students. It was, I couldn't do it. It was very cool, though. I liked the idea of doing that live stuff, and I like it was theatrical, and I love um, that there was some stuff in there that you didn't see from the movie. I wonder if that that stuff was from the original Grease um, play. I don't know. But um, I liked all that. I liked a lot of the people, but I just couldn't get over it. I, For me, the the problem was, and he, he did a fine job, by the way, the dude who played Danny Zuko. I couldn't get past Nobody Beats Travolta. I couldn't get past it. I couldn't get past Nobody Beats Travolta. Um, especially that scene, right? Right, right, uh, that scene uh, where they see each other for the first time, and he's like, Sandy, what are you doing here? Right? I, that scene where he goes from being really excited to turning around and seeing his buddies and turning back to see her and then trying to act cool and doing all that stuff, that scene, that Travolta scene in the movie, nobody else can do. And right when I saw that, I'm like, oh, this dude, poor dude. You can't, it, it's so iconic. It's not fair to ask somebody. On, on Broadway, it's a different thing because it's different. It's a play and you, it's a mentality-wise. You're like, oh, I'm going to play. But on the screen, on my in my living room, it's got to be Travolta. That's my thing. But I still doesn't start stop me from wanting to play that. I would play that right now if you hired me. I would play that. I'd be the oldest high schooler you've ever fucking seen, but I would play that right now. Call me. Um, all right. What else we got? Okay. I know that uh, Nana Judy had a question for me. Um, and my guys, my merch, my website is, uh, and it's my fault, it's just moving a little slower, but merch is selling, you know, the fairly normal t-shirts are selling like crazy at my shows. So I'll get them up online. Don't worry. Um, and am I going to move if Donald Trump is elected? He's not getting elected. He's not getting elected, guys. Don't worry. Um, this is an interesting one about Amy Schumer. <clears throat> okay, people, uh, thoughts on Amy Schumer and accusations. Amy Schumer, I do not think, is stealing material, guys. Amy Schumer, first of all, even if she was in a position where she felt like she had to, she's smart enough to know that the internet, period, She's seen it happen to everybody else. She's big enough to know, I don't have to fucking steal material. People are here to see me. They love me, and I'm funny. Now, that being said, the, the if you look at the things that she's being accused of stealing, it's premises that aren't so incredibly unique. And remember this also, guys. Every Look, premises are like assholes, you know? Everybody's got one. And if I am living, if I'm a woman around the same age and I'm living a similar life, I may have a similar premise. Look, there are people who have accused me a long time ago of stealing Louis C.K.'s act. Well, because I was talking about being a single dad. Well, look, our jokes are nothing alike. We just, we're single dads, so our premises are going to touch on the same thing. I have something online about first date with Beth where I shit my pants, right? And one of the comments on there, and I stopped reading YouTube comments, thank God. One of the comments on there was about how, oh, he's, this is stealing you Louis C.K.'s bit about shitting himself. Every, I know a hundred comics who have stories about shitting themselves because it's happened and it's funny and we're comics and we talk about our lives. I do not think Amy uh, stole anything. I don't know Amy personally, um, but guys, smart enough to know that it would come and just punch, it would punch her in the face. She doesn't need it. Uh, Michael wants to know, confused about adopting the oldest kids. My two oldest kids aren't mine biologically. For those of you who don't know, I met a woman. She had two kids. We had a child together. 
when we split up, I kept all three kids. Um, and that's why she asked about that. Uh, okay. And let me get to her right now. Where is it? Nana Judy. I can't find it. Oh, what is my biggest? Mandy wants to know what my biggest regret in life and what is your biggest accomplishment? Huh? My biggest regret in life. I don't know that I regrets. Not the right word. My biggest regret in life. I don't know. Um, I can tell you what my biggest regret is professionally. Personally, I, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know what my biggest regret is personally. Maybe I do. Um, maybe I do. I, I, I actually do know what my biggest regret is personally now that I'm older. I wish I had spent more time getting to know my grandparents. I think that would be at the top of my list. I really do. I wish I had spent more time getting to know them. Um, and being less selfish when I was around them. You know, when you're a kid, your grandparents are your grandparents, and it's like whatever, but um, one more shot of espresso. That's my seventh this morning. But I wish I had, I guess, spent more time getting to know them. You know? really great people and and um lived interesting lives and lived through the depression and and raised kids in a, in the depression you know and my one of my grandfathers you know he used to make baseball gloves for the Boston Braves and that was the team in Boston before the Red Sox my grandfather saw Babe Ruth play in Fenway Park so he owned a um he used to make baseball gloves and the war came and he gave up his factory he has some baseball gloves in the hall of fame he gave up his factory for the war efforts well there were other companies that did not spalding these people they went on to make a gazillion dollars he uh, died poor you know it's interesting though and one of the questions i would have loved to ask him is hey do you regret doing that do you regret giving up your factory for your country for your future? You know, that was a different generation, man. What a great group of men. And my, and my other grandparents, I mean, just uh, stories that I wish I had asked. And, you know, I, I, I've, I've been trying more and more to find out more about my own parents. You know, when you're a kid, you're selfish, really, around your, when you grow up, you just think your parents are there for you and you forget that they lived a life. So I've been asking them more and more questions because I want to know. And, um, yeah, that would be it. My biggest accomplishment is life. It's not easy, man. <laughs> life, waking up every day. Let's do it. When am I coming to Michigan? Whenever they book me. Um, have I ever had a fan freak out so much over you that I needed security to take them away? No, I have not. Listen, I assume walking around in my day to day. And I think this is a safe assumption and I'm not saying that this for attention. I assume 98% of the people who see me on my day to day have no fucking idea who I am. And the, you know, I think the people who are fans of mine know what type of person I am. And I, I think I'm treated when people see me more like a friend, actually. I think, I don't think people freak out. I think it's more like a, Hey, I know that dude. Yeah. I'd have a beer with him. Um, let me just also say this, you know, this every weekend people ask me if I'm from Texas or from the South. Um, and I don't know what happened over the years. See that when I said years, a, a, a lot of times I hang on to vowels. It makes it sound like I'm from the South. I am not. It just is how I talk now. I don't know what happened. I don't know when it happened. From Judy, well, raising my three kids by myself, plus working, did you receive state assistance? Yes, I did. We were part, I think it was called WIC. Uh, we were part of WIC when I was with my ex, but we were part of WIC, yeah. We would get baby formula, stuff like that. But yeah, we, we were on assistance. We got baby formula from, and I remember we could go, and it wasn't free, but we got it discounted um, just to feed kids, you know? Uh, question two, did I legally adopt two oldest kids? 
Um, we, I was not allowed to when they were younger because my, we were getting child support. Well, my ex was collecting child support from her ex. Um, and we are, as they've gotten older, my, we are, have adopted my daughter and I don't know that my oldest son really wants it. Um, but you know, they're my kids. Um, and if they need it legally, then we'll make it happen. But I don't know that he, he and I have never really we talked about it a while ago and he said it's not important uh, at this point in time in his life um, because he knows. And my daughter, you know, adoption papers are in. Um, okay, more Joe Diaz stories. I got one more for you. For those of you who don't know Joey Diaz, and if you want to, he's going to come on the podcast here, but go to listen to the church of what's happening. That dude is hilarious. One time he came over to my, for my daughter's, um, for my daughter's birthday, and she was like four, and he was like, hey, where's the candy? And I went, what? He goes, is it in the D-R-A-W? I said, the what? He said, the D-R-A-W. Is it in the D-R-A-W? And I, go, I don't know what you're saying. He goes, is it, is it, is it in the drawer? Is it in the fucking drawer? And I go, the, if that, if that's D-R-A-W-E-R. And he said, that's not how I say it. I go, yeah, but we spell it the same. On purpose, so we all know what each other are talking about. You can say it however you want, but you got to spell it like the way the rest of us do. And he would always either make up sayings or screw them up. Like he used to tell if the if he was babysitting and the kids would t- were like talking over him, his favorite thing to say was "Ah, ah, ah little kids talk when chickens pee," which make no sense. Little kids talk when chickens pee, but it shut them up. So I would I would say the same thing. I'd be like, "Hey man, little kids." Talk when chicken speed didn't have the same oomph when I said it as when he said it, but um, there you go. More Joe Diaz stories. Um, Yuke, why do you want to know if the microphones work? I hope they do, man. Shit. Good Lord. Uh, all right. Well, guys, those are all the questions from you. Those are all the questions from you. And let me just say this. Come, by the way, I'm coming. Um, coming. Um, to San Francisco, I've told you guys that for Valentine's Day at Cobbs. Definitely come check it out. We'll be singing some songs to Beth on stage. She's never heard. Um, and yeah, it was a little fun little hour we had together answering your questions. Uh, maybe I'll do more of these more often. And you guys can ask me any questions if you want. I have opinions on everything. Um, and I oh, in Sacramento, I'm going to be, at, I think I'm going to be at near a casino this week. Um, I'm going to be at a casino in Sacramento. Is it Shumash? I don't know if it's Shumash. Something. Hold on one second. I should probably find out, shouldn't I? I mean, it might be nice for me to know where I'm going to be. I'll tell everybody. I'll I'll post it. Um, and that's it. Got some really I'm I'm shooting um a, a little uh, pilot presentation today with my friend Jen Kirkman. For Drew Barrymore's company, uh, really excited about that project. Got a lot of stuff coming up down the pike that are really, 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 really fucking exciting. So um, I, I can't wait. I, I'm, I'm nervous to share things ahead of time, and like I talked last week with Mary Lou, because I don't want to jinx it. But good things happening, um, guys. I appreciate you so much. I really do, um, and I just want to let everybody know that, um, yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming out to the shows. Shows have been great. If you have a chance, come out and check out a show. If you have a chance, please tell your friends about this podcast. I'm having such a good time doing it. I want to be able to keep doing it, and I hope you guys like it too. I know it's not an easy thing to get people to listen. Um, it really isn't. Because there's so many options. There's, I think my Uber driver has a fucking podcast. So, but if you know somebody who you think would enjoy this, also if you have any ideas that you want for guests, send them to me. Send them, send them, send them, send them, send them to me. And um, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Fairly Normal. If you like it, keep listening. Download, subscribe, review. You guys listening, if you could leave me a review... That would be great. A review would be great. It helps a lot. Also, Boomer and the Old Man is up. Me and Jakey 
and that's it. I hope you enjoyed this. Please give me some feedback if you like it or you don't. I could do one of these once a week. I could honestly talk for two hours. But my dog is looking at me like I'm an asshole. So I should jet. I should jet. But, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. And um, next week, Tate Fletcher. If you don't know who he is, Google him. Google him. Google him. Google him. I cannot wait. No, next week is Beth. Week after is Tate Fletcher. So it goes Beth, Tate Fletcher. And then I'm going to hope if I can't steal a little Joe Diaz on the week after. All right, everybody. Love you. Talk soon.